If you could keep your Bibles open, or if you close them accidentally, can you open them again to page 969? We're going to look, as uh, both Nick and Kevin said, at Psalm 131. But before we do that, let me pray for us. Gracious God, you have gathered us here this morning. You, the God of the universe, have ordained it that we meet together and that we hear the Bible read and that we listen to you. So we pray that your spirit might move in us so that indeed, right now, we hear you, the living God, speak your word of truth to us. Amen. The most frequently asked question of Cass and I since we've returned uh, from overseas is, how was your trip? How was the journey? Well, in a word, it was amazing. In three words, potentially life-changing. It was a combination of activity and rest. There was walking and busing and sailing and sitting and observing and waiting. Each day was a journey in itself. Each day was a journey, but it wasn't the journey. We were there, and then we were there, but we weren't there yet. There were days that were spontaneous days, relatively unplanned. We didn't know what the outcome would be because we weren't in control of bus timetables, train timetables. Other days, we planned our movements precisely. Like the day we bought our tickets for the train trip from Amsterdam to Brussels. A direct trip that ended up requiring two changes and a hectic race across the platform. There were things still that we couldn't control. The result was that every day we were thinking about, oh, could we place our confidence in our planning, in ourselves? Or did we need to place our confidence in others? Would we find contentment at the end of the day when we couldn't control the day? Would our hopes be dashed? Each day, in the midst of all this, our hearts turn to home. Psalm 131, as you can see in your Bibles, is a psalm, a song of ascent. It was a song sung on a journey, a journey for the Israelites to their ultimate place of worship, the temple in Jerusalem. This is a worship song sung on the way to worship. Life is a journey. Worship is a journey. We all live. We all worship. As Jesus says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Pretty obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, is the place that you will most want to be. 
And that's where you'll end up being. Our treasure is what we ultimately worship. And that's what we give our hearts to. Our gathering here this morning is worship on our way to our ultimate place of worship. In Psalm 131, we see that worship is a journey that feeds the soul. A journey that leads us to our true home. A journey that raises questions of confidence, contentment and hope. Worship is where we place our confidence. Worship is where we seek contentment. Worship is where our hope is shaped. In this psalm, David is urging his fellow Israelites to place their confidence, find their contentment, and have their hope shaped by the living God. Please look with me at verse 1. My heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with with great matters or things too wonderful for me. David is not placing his confidence and not urging the Israelites to place their confidence in his power, in his status as the Lord's anointed. He is not placing his confidence in his power. Just as he didn't place his confidence in his power as he stood before Goliath. He is placing his confidence in the Lord Almighty. David is not placing his confidence in his moral life. Because he knows he's capable of acts of adultery and murder. As witnessed by Bathsheba and Uriah. No, he is placing his confidence in the holy, righteous God. He's definitely not placing his confidence in his knowledge here. We can see that there are matters that are too great for him, too wonderful for him to understand. There are things beyond his grasp that he just cannot understand and maybe are even beyond his need to know. Now he's not placing his confidence in his knowledge. He's placing his confidence in the all-knowing, all-wise God. So we see here that David is not placing his confidence in himself, but he is humbly acknowledging that God is God, and God alone is God. We know and can explain a lot of things, can't we? But in the end, I'm not sure that we know all that much. I know that God is the sovereign Lord, the maker and ruler of all things seen and unseen. I know that nothing escapes his control or scrutiny, not even the hairs of my head. God is in control of all things, but I can't understand the bushfires fully in that context. Our bodies are beautifully, fearfully, wonderfully made, but I don't know how all the intricate parts work. I don't know how the brain works. What are thoughts? Where do thoughts come from? 
God says, I am with you. And he sent Jesus to prove that. But why are our lives so broken? Oh yes, I can glibly answer sin. But that's not the full answer. That's not God's full answer. Life is about learning that God is always God and God is always good and I am neither. So I need to put my confidence in him. My problem is not the things that I don't know. I think my problem is what I do with the things that I do know. Let me explain. I know that God is the all-knowing God and I'm not. I know that God is all-powerful and I'm not. I know that God is love and I'm not. I know that Jesus is the invisible likeness of the invisible God and I am not. I, I, I know these things, that God is all-powerful, all-loving, uh, all-knowing, and that Jesus shows me him clearly. But my problem is, every day, I fail at points to act in accordance with all those things I know about God. I don't put my confidence in him, as I should. I've got to learn daily to place my confidence more fully in him. Are you with me here? Is is this a picture of you as well? I expect so. I need to learn to worship with my life, with all of my life, because that's what we were made for. We were made to worship. Daily, I need to let God be God and not allow my pride to get in the way. I need daily help on this worship journey. I need to fix my eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of my faith. Because in him, I see someone who has placed his confidence in the Lord God. Someone who placed his confidence in him in Gethsemane. Not my will, but your will be done. Someone who placed his confidence in him even on the cross. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Letting God be God and placing our confidence in him. In verse 2, David turns our attention to the idea of contentment and where we find our contentment. If you could read verse 2 with me. I have calmed and quieted my soul. I am like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I am content. Now, I haven't made a mistake there. I put my soul there purpose, purposefully because the original language says soul. Now, our soul is our true self. 
But if we just have myself, as we have here, we might get confused just with our physical self and not our true self, our soul. So this picture of mother and child is a picture of both the end point of our journey and of experiences that we can have on the way if we are prepared to quiet our souls by placing our confidence in God. As most of you know, my daughter gave birth uh, to a child five and a half months ago. Her name is Harriet. She is the most beautiful child in the whole universe. (laughs) And let me tell you, she is also the most gifted child in the whole universe. And the bond between Katie and Harriet, it's wonderful. When Harriet's hungry, she becomes highly aware of the milk that Katie can offer. So she squirms, she cries, she restlessly demands to such an extent that you would probably think that she's not the most beautiful child in the universe. (laughs) However, the picture here is not of a newborn but a weaned child. A weaned child at times is content to be with his or her mother, snuggling in her arms, listening to her heartbeat, resting, just being with. No demanding, just resting, just being with. Enjoying the closeness, enjoying the love without wanting anything else. Completely content, oblivious to what's going on around. As I said, this is a picture of what what is possible for us when we individually worship God. Many times when we approach our Heavenly Father, we are restless, self-seeking with our own agenda, our own plan for how we will find contentment. My life will be content if God just changes this. And as a result, we approach God only for what he can give us, rather than simply resting in his presence. So the key word here is weaned. So weaning is unhurried, loving, strategic disappointment. Unhurried, loving, strategic disappointment. You deliberately withhold from the child what they want so that they gradually learn what the mother already knows, that there are other good things that are needed for their growth to maturity. God uses unhurried, loving, strategic disappointment to help us grow, to help us grow to maturity. He knows what we need most at every stage of our spiritual growth. And in his love and grace, he will withhold from us those things which we might think are best. He will withhold from us those things which we might think will bring contentment. In his infinite wisdom 
and in his unhurried way he will do what we see as disappointing to work his perfect will in his perfect way in our lives. So as we are weaned from self-seeking, as we are weaned from drivenness and restlessness, weaned from chasing things that will not satisfy, our soul will find rest in God alone. But does that mean that we are facing constant disappointment and can never find contentment in this life? When I was a young teenager, this was one of the verses that I learned and it most appealed to me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13 All things that appealed. All things. This is freedom on steroids. But very soon I came to realise that God had a different view to what all things were than I had. It wasn't until some time later that I was shown that I was taking this verse completely out of context. Here are the words that come immediately before that. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this. I can find contentment through him who gives me strength. Contentment is possible. Every day, regardless of circumstances, as we let God be God, as we calm and quiet our souls, as we find our rest in him. You see, we weren't created for an easy life, but an easy yoke. More of that later. Unlike David, we also have the example of Jesus, who despite endless demands and chaos, was able to find rest in his Heavenly Father. We know from the Gospels that at the times of peak ministry, he would go away, find a quiet, solitary place, and pray. I want to challenge us to find a quiet place. A quiet place where we take the opportunity every day to spend a few minutes, several minutes, to sit and silently marvel at God where we have no agenda other than to listen to his heartbeat and let him love us to sit in silence and let him love you learning just to be learning contentment in him in Philippians it says that contentment leads to deepening joy and confidence which help to shape our hope 
And so Psalm 131 ends on a point of hope. Israel, put your hope in the Lord both now and forevermore. The focus moves from David, the individual, encouraging the people, to all the people together on this journey. As we worship together on Sundays, as we meet together in growth groups, as we live life together, we encourage each other to have our hope shaped, not by each other, but by the living God. We encourage each other to set our hearts on him, to treasure him. Our hope is not shaped by our accomplishments, our achievements. Our hope is not shaped by our social or moral status. Our hope is not shaped by our knowledge. Rather, our hope is shaped by God who is lovingly weaning us and moulding us into the likeness of his Son. We have hope for today and hope for the future because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. In him we have living hope, a vibrant hope, a sure and certain hope, a hope based on and shaped by God's mercy, God's work in Christ, not our knowledge or our effort. So confidence, contentment, hope. Here are a few questions to ponder as we continue our journey this week, worshipping on our way to our true home. Are you increasingly letting God be God in your life? Can you see evidence in your life where God is weaning you from self-focus to a growing rest in him? Who or what are you treasuring today? Are you encouraging others to put their confidence in Jesus, both now and forevermore? Amen.